SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Oh, yeah, it's that time. Welcome in. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM at Channel 159, The Sports Grid radio network it is saturday and that means it is college football discussion i'm going to bring in ralph michaels at cal sports lv on twitter to break down the world of college football for today we're going to go through a whole bunch of games talk about some strategies talk about betting styles talk about the betting marketplace right here in the month of october but before we get into ralph michaels before i bring him on let's talk about losing all right i think it's very important at times to have this discussion and to have a discussion in a public way on air. All right, my college football the last two weeks, that's the best I could describe it. I had a great September. I had a monster short list. Well, uh, I call my short list when, as I'm going through the card. Right, I'll go through every game on the board and I'll write down the games where I'm most decides that I catch my fancy. And that is my initial short list. From my short list, then come my bets and my client plays and all of that. So, the short list the last week of September, after having a big month, was almost perfect. And I'm like, I'm seeing things clearly right now. It's a time to load up. And then came October. <laughs> Actually, it was halftime on the Friday night, September 30th, that everything turned for me. San Diego State was up 13-0 at Boise at halftime on the Friday night of September 30th. And then they lost the second half of that game 35 to nothing. Boise just ran them out. And the next day was just awful. Last, the bad, it's the bad college football day as I'm going to have. You know, uh, didn't get anything right. <laughs> didn't do anything right. Lots of wrong sides. Couldn't win a coin flip, etc., etc. Last week off that debacle, I didn't play much. But what I did wasn't good. I had one, I had Tennessee, right? That was it. Literally, that was, a, that was it. <laughs> uh, so I had wrong sides last week. So it's back-to-back disappointing weeks uh, in uh, college football. And let me say this, all right? Everyone's going to come in here, oh, I won this, I won that. No one's going to come in here, oh, I lost. All right? Sometimes you're going to lose. Doesn't matter how good you are. Sometimes you're going to lose. And when you're running poor, it's going to be more than sometimes. (laughs) It's really important to set realistic expectations for what sports betting is going to get you. Okay? And I talked about this on on my TV show this week, Beat the Odds. Uh, Check your local listings. Uh, But, uh, uh, you know, this is not... A get-rich-quick scheme. Not close. There will be ups. There will be downs. If you stay in the game, there'll be ups and downs. Okay? And there are people that uh, you know, stay in the game until they have the first down, and then that's the end of their sports betting career. It inevitably, there will be downs. <laughs> okay? Uh, sometimes they come at bad. And, and there are different kinds of downs. There's downs... When you're getting bad beat and can't win a coin flip. And there's downs where you're not seeing things clearly and you're losing more than your fair share of right sides. Both of them are problematic. We talk a lot about money management, bankroll management. What do we talk about money management for? Well, because you can have a losing weekend or two losing weekends and still be in action when you manage your money. You know, there are guys out there, they have two losing weekends in a row, they're out of the game. If you manage your money, you have a losing weekend, you can survive. You have two losing weekends, you can survive. You have uh, an extended stretch of subpar results, you can survive. 
you want to stay in the game. This is a slow and steady wins the race. And of course, there's going to be times where you're hotter and times where you're colder. And so many betters. Uh, this is the one of all of them. This is the one that drives me nuts. And this is one, you know, you can, <laughs> you can tell people, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. It doesn't matter. Until you experience it and experience the negative of it, there are lots of lessons that gamblers only lose, uh, learn the hard way. And this is one that I feel like the only way gamblers learn this lesson is by going broke. But the truth of it is the biggest, the single biggest mistake bettors make. Making bigger bets, trying to chase when you're not seeing things clearly, when you're slumping. All right. This is how it should work, in theory. All right, when you're seeing things clearly, all right, when you're winning, when you're making good decisions with your wagers, when you're making good decisions about which games to load up on, which ones to bet light, which ones not to play at all. That's you in good rhythm. That's you seeing things clearly. That is when you're supposed to be upping your unit size. You don't want to double it or triple it. But as a percentage of bankroll, when you're seeing things well and you're winning, it's okay to play a couple more games, to play a little bit larger. That's reasonable. But what we see and what I've seen so many times here in Las Vegas, I saw it before I moved to Vegas when I was a bookie. Guy can't pick a winner, okay? Ice cold. Whether it's coin flips, whether it's wrong sides, bottom line, not seeing things clearly, okay? Any bet they make when you're not any bet you make when you're not seeing things clearly is no better than a coin flip. So better gets burned on Saturday, gets burned worse on Sunday, gets crushed on Monday night football. Or no, gets burned on Saturday, gets burned worse on Sunday. And then they said, all right, now's the time to double up and try to get it all back on Sunday night or Monday night football. And it's like, no. <laughs> that is not the way to get it back. That's the biggest mistake. Betting more to try to catch up. Slow and steady wins this race. Yeah, it's important to bounce back off a losing week. But it's also important not to change everything you do because you had one or two losing weeks. Trust the process. Losing weeks will happen. Don't let it ruin your season. Ralph Michaels coming up next when coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 159, the SportsGrid Radio Network. And our guest today, Ralph Michaels, used to do a show with me every weekday on the SportsGrid radio network back in the day on the sports grid tv network as well ralph uh we haven't done a show a daily show together for a couple years but i'll tell you what i enjoyed working with you every day and i enjoy when i get the chance to spend some time with you on this show welcome to cover it with teddy Cover. teddy it is always a blast you are such a knowledgeable host your questions are great your follow-up questions are insightful and uh you keep me on my toes which i love Ah, you're blowing smoke up my butt. I appreciate it. <laughs> but all I'm trying to do is, well, look, I mean, my goal, I got an hour's worth of radio. Okay, I got an hour's worth of radio on Saturday. I got an hour's worth of radio on Sunday. And my goal is make sure it's entertaining. Make sure it's informative. Make sure that at the end of the show, betters are going to come away with something 
that they didn't know when they came into the show. So hopefully we'll be able to provide them with that information today because I know there are so many of you out there. And again, well, there's a lot of guys who are veteran betters who listen to the show, which I appreciate so much. But in 2022, there's a lot of recreational players, there's a lot of newbies that are just learning their way, just like you and I did, Ralph, back in the day. But it's good to give them something that they can sink their teeth into. I hope Cover It With Teddy Covers is good enough to do that. So let's start with this. Real simple question. I talked about at the Open how I've been getting my butt. September was fine. September was great. <laughs> you know, we won in September consistently. The first two weekends of October have not been pretty for my bankroll or that of my clients in college football. The NFL has been fine. College, not so much. How's your college football season going? Uh, have you had any dips? Have you had any ups? Sides, totals, props, futures. What are you looking at to college football so far this year, Ralph? Well, Teddy, you know, the commercial right before I came on was talking about superstitions. And I can tell you, I changed my underwear for this Saturday because I'm coming off a losing Saturday. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it happens. And, you know, we talk about value of plays. And what type of losing weekend did you have? I'm going to give you an example going back to Baylor on Thursday night. I had Baylor against West Virginia. You know, when you lose your starting quarterback, when you lose one of the best defenders in football for part of the second half, and you and then you get an extra point blocked, and they run it back, and that would have given you the win. Those kind of losses you can handle. You handicapped the game properly. Situations occurred where you lost the game. There's other times when you just have a horrible weekend and, and everything you pick went south from the get-go. That's when you have to reevaluate how you're doing it, or perhaps your numbers were just skewed, or... You know, you just had an off week. There's times even as handicappers having handicapped for 30 or 40 years that you see things clearer some weeks and some weeks a little bit fuzzy. And perhaps, you know, you're putting up a play there that might not have been a normal play. So evaluate each weekend how your plays went, if they were quality plays, and if you're just on the wrong side of the coin flip, or perhaps how you evaluated the game was wrong from the get-go. And that's something I do every single week. I call it my post-mortem. Uh, I do a Sunday, uh, I go at, uh, Sunday mornings off for Saturday games real early, and then Monday mornings off of Sunday games real early. Uh, and I do that in an effort to say, all right, did I deserve to win this? Was it a coin flip game and I came on the right side of the wrong of it? Uh, what, what are the thought processes? What my write-up said? And boy, the write-up was wrong about this. It was right about that. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, I lost a game last Saturday by two touchdowns. All right, the Miami-North Carolina over. And Miami set the, the quarterback, the NFL-bound quarterback, set a career high in passing yards <laughs> for almost 500 yards. And North Carolina moved the ball up and down the field all day on the other side. But in the red zone, both teams bogged down and ended up two touchdowns short, more than two touchdowns short. So, yeah, Ted, wrong side, add, look, but when yep. you when you do the postmortem on that, it doesn't look as bad as the actual game. I'll get to you in one second, Ralph, but the point is this. A game that loses by a half point or a game that loses by 50 points, they cost you the same. <laughs> it doesn't cost you any more for a 50-point loser than a one-half-point loser. Uh, you don't want a whole lot of 50-point losers, but sometimes if you're just wrong, Hey, I was wrong about this. When you write it off, you don't lose any sweat off of those games. The games that make me crazy are the ones that uh, you thought, like a Baylor-West Virginia on Thursday night, where, yeah, you were alive, but a whole bunch of things, that uh, funky things went wrong uh, and cost you the game. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to finish that thought, Ralph. What did you want to say there? You know, I was going to add one thought to my previous statement, Teddy, and it's this. You and I know this, but a lot of new gamblers may not. 
it's important to think about the games that you that you gave out or bet as a positive or a negative. There's many times that we get lucky wins, and you have to mark those lucky wins and bad losses, and hopefully they even out. So don't be afraid to cut yourself short and say, hey, I didn't deserve to win this, but I did. Mark it in that fortunate column. Just like we always remember the bad beats, we very rarely remember those fortunate wins. Oh, I remember them all, dude. <laughs> I had Washington on Thursday night against Chicago. You know, and Chicago goes and gets in the red zone and shoots themselves in the foot, not once, not twice, but three times, uh, including the one at the end of the game. But that was a game that someone was going to lose. It wasn't a game that someone was going to win. And Chicago lost it with the goal line failures at the end and with the muff punt that allowed Washington's only score. So, you know, when I, when I win a game like that, <laughs> it makes up, perhaps, for one of the games that I didn't win uh, that I thought that I had a right side. Washington certainly wasn't a right side. At best, they were a, a coin flip. Now, you know, you talked about uh, what you do when you're going through a tough patch picking game. Now, is there a difference if you're just running bad versus if you're picking more wrong sides? Do you panic more if you're picking more wrong sides? And is it panic is the wrong word there. Do you sit down and reevaluate slash, you know, try to focus in a different way if you're picking wrong sides as opposed to losing the coin flips or basically you've been doing this 30 plus years it's not about changing your methodology at this stage if you had a bad week you had a bad week well you know a bad week no a bad two or three week stretch which everyone has you know there's no question you absolutely change the methodology methodology excuse me just a touch and i mean that by not changing the way you handy have handicapped for the last decade, but downgrading the number of plays and downgrading the size of the bet is the way to control those losing streaks. Put less of your money into the pot and then come out and start fresh the next week and make your adjustments week after week by lowering, again, the number of bets and the amount you're betting on those games. Yeah, and that unit size, I was talking about that in the opener as well, how so many betters do it exactly the opposite of what they should. When they're struggling, that's where like, oh, let's try to get it all back. <laughs> and it's like, no, when you're struggling and you try to get it all back, that's when you lose the rest of your bankroll or whatever your bankroll that you have less. Uh, so that thought process of reevaluating betting less when you're struggling until you turn things around, boy, it makes a whole lot of sense to this better. So let's uh, shift a little focus here, Ralph. I don't want to talk about losing too much, but the reality is that we have to talk about that. And so few hosts talk about losing, man. Everyone's winning every single bet. It's like crazy. It's like, yeah, I know that you out there in listener land, some of you guys lost last week. Some of you guys are going to lose today. Some of you guys are going to lose tomorrow. It's the nature. It's inevitable for what we do. We don't want to fixate on it, but we want to be aware that it can and will happen. But let's talk about the good team. Let's talk about teams that are making you money uh, this season. What teams have you found success with Success with so far uh, in college football, Ralph? And do you expect it to continue? Or is this the time of year where the markets start to catch up and you have to find new teams to make money with? Well, there's been a couple go-tos for me. And I've been on two great stories and have cashed two to three bets on each of them. Number one is James Madison, and number two is Kansas. You know, and, and the Kansas situation is simply this. Yes, it's Kansas. How can you have confidence in them? There's so many times that when you see rebuilds for bad teams. Patty, there's two teams that I've been on that have been great stories in college football. James Madison and transition year to the FBS in Kansas. I'm a Kansas fan because of their head coach. 
when you have a head coach like Leopold that took Whitewater to national championships, that turned a losing Buffalo program around, I had faith that he could turn this program around. I've been part of them in their awesome 5-0-1 ATS run to start this season. Yeah, Kansas and James Madison. Again, the best point spread teams are teams that weren't exactly buzzworthy when the season began. Good stuff from Ralph Michaels. We're just getting started. We're going to talk about hot point spread teams, cold point spread teams, maybe give you some winners for Saturday. Stay tuned. Cover it continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. College football Saturday. There's no day like it. There's no more exciting time of year than October. And, of course, here on the SportsGrid Radio Network, we're going to get you through all of the college football discussion for today with Ralph Michaels at CalSportsLV on Twitter. Ralph, my former co-host here on this very station, a guy who I both admire and respect, and there aren't many guys like that in the business, but we're both blowing smoke up each other's ass today, so it's all—it's a love fest here on <laughs> Cover It uh, with uh, Teddy Covers. Ralph, I want to talk about your approach right here. You talked about some of the teams making you money this season, and that included two of the best point spread teams in college football so far. That would be James Madison and Kansas. There is a boatload of teams with zero or one point spread losses. Real money winners over the first half of the college football season. We've got James Madison, Arkansas State, Troy. And these are in random order. I'm sorry. I didn't, I just, <laughs> Arkansas State, Troy, Syracuse, Buffalo, Tulane, Texas, TCU, Troy, I said Troy twice, Kansas, Wake, South Alabama, Minnesota, Mississippi State, San Jose State, Rice of all teams, Tennessee, Kansas State, and and Southern Miss. So both teams from Kansas making money and plenty more. A mix of group of five schools versus power five schools. If you're trying to find something in this list that ties all the schools together, you're not going to find anything. These are just the teams that have covered point spreads. They've been undervalued commodities, each and every one of them, so far this season. Here's my question. How many of these teams, or are there any of these teams, after these hot start, that are still undervalued? Teams that we can, if we bet on, let's say, for example, Syracuse blindly, or Rice blindly, or Kansas State blindly the rest of the way. Are we still going to make money with these squads? Or are there a team or two on this list that are dramatically overvalued now because they ain't all that good and they've had a really hot start that they aren't going to be able to hold up with? So I know it's a significant list, but let's highlight a couple teams on here uh, that you would look to continue betting on and maybe a team or two you'd look to bet against. Well, let me just say this, Teddy. You brought up teams. I have 18 teams that are at least 80% against the spread at 4-1 and one or better. You look back at last year in college football. Michigan went 11-3 and three ATS. Oklahoma State went 10-3. and three. You're only going to have a handful of teams that finish the season because you get an over-adjustment in the line. And when you have Joe Public jumping on these red-hot teams to start, you don't have the situation. Number one, my favorite situation is taking those top 18 teams And those that have losing records straight up, I believe there is much more value in those games. But how about if I told you this? 
only two teams in those 18 that have a win percentage of 80% better against the spread are Southern Miss and Arkansas State, and guess who plays this week against each other? That's when you lose value, when you have those unfortunate situations like that, when I want to play on both of those teams. The other important factor to me when I look at these red-hot teams is the margin of what they've covered by. You know, there's a couple sites I use where James Madison this year, for example, 5-0 and against the spread, they have covered by 14.5 points per game. That is an amazing mark. Kansas State and Mississippi State and Wake Forest, all either 4-1 and or 5-1 and against the spread, they have covered by less than five points per game. So you have many more toss-ups in the last minute. Yes, you may win a game, but did you get that late front door cover? Or as a dog, did you get the back door cover? So I do like looking at the Red Hot teams. Number one, I like looking for those teams that have a straight-up losing record because you have less public action on them, less Las Vegas adjustments, because most people don't want to bet on a winning team and consider them a red-hot ATS team. And I start looking to fade some of those teams that had a few fortunate wins when we now get into this week six. Either you played four non-conference games and you're just getting into your conference schedule, or you've played several conference games and you're now into the mix. Now, Teddy, before, uh, I'm going to throw it back to you, but you know me. I had to go to my database, and I have some nerd numbers to share with you about teams on Red Hot Wind Streaks. I'm all ears. I'm fascinated to hear about the nerd numbers, uh, but I'll do that in just a minute because I want to follow up on something you were saying there. You talked about teams that have a winning point spread record but a losing straight-up record as teams that hold their value and teams you can bet on all season long. I'm going to throw a slight caveat on that. I'm going to talk about the Power Five conference schools versus the group of five conference schools. Look, Texas is getting plenty of love in the betting markets right now. No one's ignoring Texas. No one's ignoring Minnesota or Mississippi State or Kansas or Tennessee. The teams, the vast majority of the Power Five conference teams that are on this hot start list are going to close out the season, you know, maybe they go at best 4-2 and two ATS in the final six, more likely 3-3 three and three or 2-4 and four or something like that. The, the markets have caught up. But your group of five schools, your Troys and Arkansas States and Southern Miss and South Alabamas and San Jose's and Rice, and uh, man, the markets oftentimes, you get a, a group of five school, the smaller conference schools, and especially if they're not undefeated or they're on a national TV, they'll hold their value all year. You can bet on them forever. Um, what's your take? And then I know that you wanted to uh, follow up on what uh, uh, this whole list of schools and, of course, the database. They don't call them the pen for nothing. Ralph's database research second to none. That's why he's such an amazing follow on Twitter. Completely agree with your thought um, because teams like Kansas – now, all of a sudden, when you are hosting a game and you have game day there, the hidden value is not hidden anymore. It, it is available, and people want to bet TV games. So you, you get much more money. You get much more action on those. You know, James Madison is the anomaly being 5-0, and covering like they are, because they were an FCS team. No one's ever bet on James Madison because they didn't know who they were. But you're right. Those non-conference teams, you mentioned Arkansas State, Tulane, Troy, Southern Miss, 
South Alabama, Buffalo comes in four and one. Rice comes in four and one. San Jose State are four and one. Those are the teams we want to look at moving forward the next few weeks. And it was good enough. I actually counted the teams that I had written down. You had 18 in your database, and I said Troy twice. I had 18 as well. So at least our numbers mesh with one another in terms of the 18 teams that all have one point spread loss or less so far this season. And it's definitely worth noting, you know, so-and-so is going to put the closing line as this and grade this game as a W, and someone else might put the uh, midweek line in there and it ends up getting greater as an L. Uh, Your database is only as good as the data you put in there. And boy, I've seen some databases that are very poorly managed. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, that wasn't what the point spread was. That wasn't what the total was either. And I remember that game from two years ago. So uh, having the, the, the data inputted correctly and appropriately goes a long way towards making sure that your database results are predictive in nature and not reactive. So let's do the same question, but let's reverse it and talk about the lousy teams. The teams that have not made money this year. These are teams with one point spread cover or less. Colorado, Fresno State, San Diego State, who I talked about at the top of the show and how much fun I had when they went up to Boise. Charlotte, Auburn's been awful. Nebraska's already fired their coach. Virginia Tech and Virginia, first-year head coaches, both in tough spots. BC's offensive lines in shambles. Miami's been an underachiever. David Shaw at Stanford is having a rough time and found a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory last week. SMU, Colorado State, Florida International, Bowling Green, and Army. All teams with one point spread cover or less. Is there anyone here we can make money with right now? And is anyone here who the markets just haven't caught up with how bad they are and we still want to fade every week moving forward? Teddy, you know I'm so bad at following the rules. Can we jump (laughs) back to those positives and go back to my nerd numbers for one second? Yeah, oh my God, yeah, I spaced on it completely. Uh, absolutely. Let's talk about the nerd numbers. We'll come back to the bad teams in just a minute. we got two minutes for the break. So I'll probably come back to the bad teams after the break, Ralph. Give me the nerd numbers. My I will throw you this. Looking at Game 6 numbers, which I think is significant because you're now in your conference play, teams that have covered three or more straight games, 40.2% against the spread. Teams that had covered four or more straight games, like James Madison, Rice, and San Jose, have covered 29.5%. In game number six, teams that have covered five or more straight games, like James Madison, are 16.7% ATS. So we have an amazing correlation of Vegas making adjustments from 40.2% ATS to 29.5% ATS to 16.7% covering against the spread for those teams from three or more covers to four or more covers to five or more straight covers looking at game number six of the college football season. That's an, I mean, you call it nerd numbers. That's an incredible stat. That's a stat. Uh, have you tweeted that out yet? Because you got to. I have team not. Covers I just looked it up for three in a row. Teddy, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's strong. Look, uh, let, 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 let me tell This is what Ralph's number is actually saying. College football. The markets, there's some lag, but there's not a lot of lag. They're going to react fairly quickly. NFL reacts even quicker. But a college football team off of three straight, straight, up, straight up ATS wins, three ATS wins in a row. They only cover 40% of the time moving forward. When it gets to five, it gets 16% of the time. These become 
bet on. They started out as bet on teams, and then right now, mid October, after these point spread streaks, the database clearly shows they're not bet on anymore. These are bet against teams. Watch out for those winning streak teams in college football here in October. We'll get to the bad teams next with Ralph Michaels. Covering continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There's nothing like being informed with all the odds, analysis, and best bets all day long. How do you get that? It's simple. You follow us on Twitter, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV, and stay on the grid everywhere you go. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore Covers. You can follow today's guest, guest Ralph Michaels, on Twitter at Cal. Sports LV on Twitter again, Cal Sports LV or Ralph Michaels Twitter handle. And Ralph, before the break, we were talking about the good teams and the bad teams in college football. The bad teams, uh, sorry, the good teams that you made money with in September and early October. The winning streaks don't last, as your database has shown. What about the bottom feeders, the losing teams, the teams that have no betting bandwagons right now, the teams that have burned everyone? Who backed them? Colorado, Fresno, San Diego State, Charlotte, Auburn, Nebraska, Virginia Tech, Virginia, BC, Miami, Stanford, SMU, Colorado State, Florida International, Bowling Green, and Army. All teams with one point spread cover or less here in mid-October. Are there any teams out of that group that we can make money with right now? And is there anyone here that we should just keep fading until proven otherwise? The markets just haven't caught up with how bad they are. Well, first, let's look at the obvious. For those teams that are failing to cover and losing games straight up, like Colorado, they have failed to cover by 10 points per game going 0-5 ATS. But let's remember how bad Nebraska looked. What happens? They jettison Scott Frost. They have a nice win. What happens with Wisconsin? They underachieve. They jettison Paul Chris. Jim Leonard steps in. Georgia Tech. Without Jeff Collins, all of a sudden they pull back-to-back upsets. And Herm Edwards at Arizona State. So this has been a very anomaly, uh, a season of anomalies with these head coaches. All four head coaches that have been let go have made nice comebacks and have covered their their last game or two. So that's one thing we have to take into consideration. I'm going to put Auburn on that list. I'm going to call it right here. After Auburn loses to Old Miss on Saturday, they have a bye on deck say bye-bye to their head coach, and I think they move forward. I'm going to bring up the same point I made, but in the opposite direction when we talked about winning teams. I think it's very important to look at those teams that have barely failed to cover. Stanford may be 1-4 ATS, but they're only failing to cover by 2.7 points per game. SMU may be 1-4 against the spread, failing to cover by 3.9 points per game. On the flip side, Colorado State has failed to cover by 15.2%. I do like looking at those teams that are off the rare win. Colorado State was off, I believe it was last Friday, against Nevada. They score an interception return touchdown, a fumble return touchdown. They get 14 points. They're up 14-0. They win that game 17-14. to 
I love looking at those teams to try to fade them in those roles. Also, while we're talking about uh, Power Five and Group of Five, you brought up in the earlier segment, Teddy, that the, the Power Five teams that are on a hot streak tend to lose their value. I don't think that's the same case. There are times when a Power Five team gets faded and it continues to happen. But teams like Boston College, I still think because of their offensive line problems, there's some value to play against. And Virginia Tech as well, uh, being one in five and almost failing to cover by 10 points per game. So I watched that Colorado State-Nevada game you were talking about, and I honestly think that game was uglier than either of the last two Thursday night NFL games. <laughs> you know, and the last two Thursday night NFL games, you know, whether it was Denver-Indy or, or whether it was Washington-Chicago, they were both as ugly football as you're ever going to find. And the Wolfpack uh, and the Rams uh, last weekend was as ugly a football game as you ever find. Interesting to bring up Stanford there. Stanford, I backed Stanford twice. It made me crazy both times. Uh, both times, it felt like they were in the game and they turned the ball over. Do you look at turnover differential as something that may even out with some of these teams, the teams that have gotten clocked turnover-wise, like Stanford? Or if a team has a big negative turnover differential at this stage of the season, is that because their defense isn't athletic enough to create turnover and their offense isn't good enough to avoid them? Uh, is that something you expect to continue in the same direction that it's already been? Or is that something you expect some reversion to the mean? I look at turnover margin. I do a daily stat profile, excuse me, a weekly stat profile at Wager Talk on my homepage. And, you know, and I have turnover margins in there. Uh, the, thing, the thing that I look is, is the team different home than on the road? And does the team have a young quarterback? When you have a young quarterback and you start getting the conference play and you're on the road the first game or two, I think those tendencies continue. As a freshman or, or a sophomore now has six or seven starts, I put less credence into those numbers because I think they are going to improve. The other thing is how the team plays in the first half. Teams that trail in the first half often and, and get pulled out of their game plan and start having to throw the ball more puts them in a safe situation to get more turnovers and then look at the number of runs and the number of passes. Fumbles are more an anomaly to me than interceptions. You can have a bad quarterback and throw interceptions. The fumbles, to me, I sort of take out take out of the wash because there's going to be times you fumble the ball, there's going to be times you recover the fumble, but it's much, much more difficult to predict a fumble rate than it is an interception rate. Let's talk about a couple of early start games uh, on uh, Saturday. Uh, obviously, the Kenny, load, I'm, I'm going to uh, jump in one more time with you. My apologies. Sure. I have, I have two good. more dirt numbers for the bad teams. Oh, good. Let's do some nerd numbers. I'm all ears. Okay. So, when you're on an ATS streak, we know a 3-plus was 40%, a 4-plus was 29.5, a 5-plus was 16%. We talked about Vegas not adjusting as much when you're losing. Is that true? Well, looking at game six numbers, those teams with a three-game losing streak or higher have covered 39%. So, it's not the same number. Bad teams continue to be bad. But when you have teams that have lost four or more games against the spread in week six, they've covered 48.6%. So we do have the opposite negative regression, just not quite as much. So three or more ATS losses like Miami of Florida, Colorado, and Fresno 
had failed to cover 39%, four or more covers, excuse me, I left SMU off that list, is 48.6% against the spread. So almost a 50-50 prop for teams coming in with four straight ATS losses, and I had to go one step further. This is the entire season. Teams with four or more ATS wins in a row playing a team with four or more ATS losses in a row, like Fresno and San Jose State. There's been 33 games, Teddy, since 2010. Tell me, is the 4-0 ATS team a positive, a negative, or a break-even? I'm fascinated by this because I don't know what the right answer is going to be. I, I, Again, I'll it's say only, it's, it's, probably, 30, it's probably neutral. It is. It's only 33 games, Teddy, since 2010. San Jose State with four straight ATS wins. Fresno with four or more straight ATS losses. 16-16-1. and one. So not all the numbers are <laughs> wow, but at least you do know the answer if you're ever handicapping the game and break that down. Sure. So my, so my neutral was right. I'll take it. Uh, you were exactly now let's right. Talk about, <laughs> now let's talk about a couple of early start games uh, for uh, college football today. Iowa State and Texas. Here's the big one. We have the Longhorns coming off a pretty significant win. How do they respond this week? Can the Cyclones keep it close? This almost made my car, Teddy. Um, you look at Iowa State, they're off three straight losses. The home loss to Baylor, they were outgained by 11 yards. They were minus two turnovers. I understand that game. You go to Kansas. You had a 100-yard edge. You were minus one turnover. I understand that game. You host Kansas State. You lose by a point. Texas is off their uh, second win against Oklahoma in, in, a, in a route of 49 nothing. You're now coming home. You're playing an 11 a.m. game. And you're a team with a new head coach that hasn't beaten teams by margin. You have the best underdog coach or one of the best underdog coaches in the country with Matt Campbell. 19 and 10 as a dog. He is 13 and 3 as a dog, a four and a half or more. He is 10 and 1 ATS as a double digit conference underdog. And then I look at the line value. Just a couple games ago, Texas State was laying 12 and a half to UTSA at home. You are now laying almost a field goal more than that, so you're saying to me, if UTSA went into Iowa State, they would be a road favorite. There's no way in hell that would be the case. I think there's incredible line value on Iowa State this week. Iowa State plus the point. So uh, if you think it's incredible line value, you said I almost made this part of my card. How come it wasn't? I I did. Uh, if, if, If we didn't have Quinn Ewers back, who is, who, is, who is a quarterback, I think, can extend the field and throw the ball downfield. You also have Robinson rushing at 5.8 yards per carry against an Iowa State offense averaging 364 yards. So even though I'm making a strong statement that I like Iowa State and my power rating numbers have this as a two- or a three-point difference, you're an Iowa State team that maybe was going to challenge for the Big 12, and you're sitting at 3-3 three and three, 0-3 in conference action, the mentality in that locker room is something that I can't quantify. So I'm not going to risk money on something that I feel there are better situations, even though the numbers are so far off compared to the numbers that I make. So if that's an almost play, Ralph, we got about two minutes left. I want to make sure you have time to promote yourself before you leave, but let's get 
an actual play. What'd you give out to your clients? Let's say another all early start game, Ole Miss and Auburn. How did you attack that one? You know, I am I am a matchup handicapper, and you know I go to the database quite often and look for situations that apply to college football. And when you look at college football systems, the difference is systems systems apply to all teams in all situations. So when you have a home favorite of three and a half or more that won a game on the road and scored 42 points or more, you went on the road, you had a great offensive performance like Ole Miss, playing a team that was on the road and allowed 41 or more points, those teams in over 46 games of sample size have covered 73.3% against the spread. We have an old Miss team that is one of the best teams rushing against an Auburn team that has an absolutely stiff defense with a coach on the hot seat. They allow 245 yards and 6.3 rushing against Penn State, 292 against Georgia, 7.5 yards per carry. This Auburn team also played their first five games at home. Now face that physical Georgia team, has to face an up-tempo Ole Miss team. Even if this is close at half, I think Ole Miss pulls away in the second half. Look for a Rebels route early start action on Saturday. Ralph, I'll tell you what, I do one hour with you, and I wish I could do it every day, dude. You're the best guest. (laughs) You make it so easy for me. I appreciate it. Promote yourself, my friend. Where do people find you uh, in, uh, in real life? Teddy, again, I appreciate you mentioned the Twitter a few times at Cal Sports LV. Guys, I don't give my personal opinion. I don't get into politics. It's all sports info. And do please check out the college football stat guide at Wager Talk on my homepage. The shortcut is wt.buzz backslash rm. wt.buzz backslash rm for Ralph Michaels' homepage over at wagertalk.com. Ralph, best of luck today on Saturday. Best of luck in the NFL tomorrow. Appreciate your time and effort. We'll talk to you again in the not-too-distant future. When we come back on Cover It with Teddy Covers, how about a little LSU Florida breakdown, SEC on ESPN, Saturday night. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers, Sirius XM Channel 159, SportsGrid Radio. Listen, if you missed any portion of today's program, if you want to go back and check out what Ralph was talking about earlier in the show is a list of bet on or bet against teams or teams we can make money with or teams we can't make money with. Download and consume at your convenience. Get the podcast version of Cover It with Teddy Covers. Just to wherever you download your podcast, just search Cover It. You can get this college football show. You can get tomorrow's NFL show. You can get anything from the archives. Every show I've ever done for the Sports Grid or Radio Network is archived and available for download for you to consume at your convenience podcast style. Uh, let's talk a little SEC football Saturday night. LSU going into the swamp. And Florida's favored, minus two and a half, the current line as we speak. And you look at Florida's season right now. Again, we're at the halfway point. And they're three and three against the spread. You don't see any disasters there. But you look back. Remember that opening day win the Gators had over Utah? Where they got the interception in the end zone at the end of the game. And it was like, Billy Napier's got it going. Yeah. Look at Florida since then. They lose outright to Kentucky. They lose outright to Tennessee. The only two step-up games they played since then. The two step-down games 
Well, I mean, Eastern Washington. I'm not counting the, the FCS schools, especially the ones that are going traveling from Eastern Washington to Florida. But the two step down games, South Florida and Missouri, both again at home. Never sniffed a point spread cover in either one. Didn't look impressive in either one. Last time I saw Florida look good for four quarters was last year. Nah, maybe it was two years ago. This isn't a team I'm comfortable backing against LSU. And LSU's coming off a game against where they got blown out by Tennessee that literally everything that could go wrong did go wrong for LSU early. They got blown out of They got knocked off their game plan and ended up being a very ugly result. LSU's a better of these two teams. I really think so. And at plus two and a half, take the Tigers and expect the outright upset on Saturday in the Swamp. LSU plus the points against Florida. That's going to wrap it for Cover It with Teddy Covers for today. Again, check back again tomorrow right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. We'll do an NFL show. Between now and then, enjoy the games and good luck.